let's suppose that there's a vast, hugely powerful force that nobody can withstand. And this immense force is always active and in furious motion. It never rests. It's like a slowly flowing river that can eventually carve the Grand Canyon out of solid rock. But that comparison doesn't really do it justice. The force I'm talking about is much more formidable than any river or ocean or glacier or any other natural phenomenon. Now, in trying to achieve your life's goals, would you prefer to fight against this great force? Would you want to struggle against this mighty power that has all the odds overwhelmingly in its favor? Or would you rather enlist this great power in your cause and make the inevitable work for you instead of against you? Take your time before answering. Think it over. By the way, time is that great power I'm talking about. Time is the mightiest force in the world, or even in the universe. Of course, the answer to the question I posed is very obvious. Why would you ever choose to fight time when you could have time on your side? Who wouldn't want to harness the great river of time that flows through all of life? Why wouldn't you want to use the power of time to generate power in every area of your existence? to turn the turbines of your hopes and dreams, to charge your every aspiration with lightning bolts of electricity. Well, there is only one way to make time work for you, not against you, and that's with patience. There's a type of person for whom everything is undertaken out of desire to achieve a goal. They prepare food in order to eat it, not just for the fun of being in the kitchen. They start a business in order to make money. They exercise in order to get in shape. I'm sure that some of these people are very successful and they are certainly highly organized. But in my opinion, a person of truly strong character sees success as an adventure, not as a point with an estimated time of arrival. The latter approach to me is impatient thinking. Impatient thinking can lead a person into some very big mistakes. First of all, when you are always looking somewhere else, whether it's down the road or up toward the top of the mountain or off toward the left field fence, where you're hoping to hit that grand slam home run, when you're looking off in the distance like that, you often miss what's under your very own nose. That means the pleasure and fun of living which come in the here and now get overlooked for something that not only isn't here yet, but might never arrive. True patience is more than just a waiting game. Patience doesn't mean you sit around hoping for something to happen. Patience is not a passive quality. Sometimes patience can mean doing something else entirely, thinking about another venture, taking off in a different direction, while you give events a chance to run their course. Where you can try anything you want in order to hurry things up, but things just aren't going to hurry. In fact, there's only one thing that will work, and that is patience. It's strange, but young people have a much more difficult time with patience than people who have more experience in the world. It seems like the older people get, the more able they are to wait, despite the fact that sometimes they have considerably less time to wait in. You could argue that older people ought to learn how to act quickly and decisively, while younger people need to learn how to wait. When you're young, you really have just about all the time in the world, and you just can't wait to use it. For a young person to have patience is a rare and powerful thing. How can we explain that impatience of the young? Maybe it's because when you're a teenager or in your early 20s, one year seems like a very long time. Five years seems like forever. 
and 10 years is almost more than you can possibly imagine. But more mature individuals can actually look back 10 or 20 or even 30 years, and they can use the knowledge they've gained to create patience and a sense of perspective. At the risk of confusing you, I'm going to make what may sound like a contradictory statement. Here it is. A patient man is always richer than an impatient one, even if the patient man has less money. What do I mean by that statement? Well, riches and wealth can take other forms besides dollars and cents. Okay, that sounds good. So in what sense is the patient man richer? The actual answer is very simple. A patient man is always richer than the impatient one because the patient man can always afford to wait. The patient man is never desperate. The patient man has time to spare, while the man in a hurry is always on the verge of bankruptcy as far as time is concerned. In any situation you can think of, impatience is a source of weakness and fear, while patience is substance and strength. And here's another way that patience gives the person who has it an incalculable advantage over the person who doesn't, and gives him deeper insight into himself and others, which is a mark of great character. If you can only see the short term, if you can only think in terms of the here and now, then you are like a man with one eye. You can't judge distances. You live in a world that's flat and two-dimensional. In other words, the impatient person lacks all sense of perspective. Perspective lets you measure your plans and current events against things that have already occurred and also against your desires and aspirations for the future, then and now, here and there, near and far, need and know, watch and wait. These are the dual optics that allow the patient man to see in stereo, where the nearsighted person sees only the present, or the dreamer sees only an imaginary future, and more likely than not, trips over his mistakes trying to get there. The history of this century can tell us a great deal about the value of patience and perspective. History proves that time is the strongest ally you can possibly have, no matter what the odds against you or the level of adversity you're facing. Time gives strength to those who have it on their side. The odd thing is, sometimes waiting for years is easier than it is to wait for a few days or even a few minutes. None of us felt too strained because we had to wait 12 years to go through grammar school, middle school, and high school before getting out, or at least the first 11 and a half years didn't strain my patience. But ask me to wait 45 minutes for a plane flight, or 20 minutes in the waiting room of a dentist's office, and if you catch me on the wrong day, it's almost more than I can handle. We all find ways to wait for the next paycheck, but how many can wait patiently in a checkout line in a crowded supermarket? How many people can stand and wait quietly for an overdue train on a railroad platform? It's as though there are two kinds of patience. The kind that sets you up for the long term and gives you the promise of a better and richer day after tomorrow. Then there's the other kind, the sort of patience that helps you remain sane and sociable while you're waiting in line or watching the clock or waiting for a pot of water to boil. These kinds of patience, so different and yet so much the same, meld into your character and have a fundamental effect on your physical constitution. Any doctor will tell you that it's better for you and everyone around you 
if you don't get exasperated with little things, if you don't fly off the handle at every annoyance and stick in your way. It keeps your blood pressure down and your friends and neighbors happy if you can greet life's little problems with equanimity and patience. Because almost all problems can be solved if only you take the time to see them and think them through. That's very easy to understand and it's very easy to say, but it takes strong character to put it into practice. I'm never sure what to think when people say, I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 40, or I want to retire by the age of 45. This combination of goals plus deadlines strikes me as short-sighted and maybe even a bit naive. It takes a worthwhile goal and subjects it to an imposed timetable. While you might have an idea of what a million dollars would mean to you, or you might have really exciting plans for your life after you hang up the tie and business suit, I don't see how a person can reasonably expect to know who or what he will be or think or feel at some arbitrary moment in the future. This kind of thinking misses the whole point of success. The real payoff in financial and worldly success isn't the result of an amount of money divided by the age you are when you get it or some other actuarial formula. The real payoff is found in the qualities of character you develop along the way.